0: Welcome back to Out of Range. I'm Craig. <laughs> I'm Laura. This is your semi-regular podcast about real things diabetes.
1: Yes. Sir. I got it this time. That was it took 18 episodes to get <laughs> to get you to get that down.
0: It has been a while, Laura.
1: Yeah, tell us why, Craig.
0: I was out of the country for two weeks. Where were you? I was in Taiwan. Go on. It's a uh, beautiful island. It's tropical. It's beautiful. There's the most delicious mangoes you've ever had in your whole life.
1: Did you do um, like the fresh mangoes with sticky rice? Did they have that? Or is that no, just it's, Thailand?
0: It's big with the um, the shaved ice mango. Oh.
1: Have you like, done that before? Like shaved ice with mango or mango flavored shaved ice?
0: Um, Shaved ice with mango. But I guess sometimes... The the shaved ice was kind of mango-y too. Oh,
1: just double I prefer mango. I prefer
0: the the milky shaved ice. It's creamier.
1: Yeah. And so, They put
0: the fresh mango right on top. Mm, Sometimes they put some mango sorbet on top okay. too. Depends on oh, yeah. where you go. Thailand's whole thing That's is like good. the
1: mango with sticky rice and coconut milk, and mm. it's like to die for. Mangoes good. Yeah, it is. This episode's about mangoes. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> let's talk about. How mangoes. much we love mangoes. <laughs>
0: They're definitely better in- We're um, not talking about mangoes. What? In East Asia. South. Yeah. Better mangoes than you get in the US.
1: Mm-hmm. No argument there.
0: Yeah. Fruit in general.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, <laughs> I'm back. Welcome back. I'm happy to see you again.
0: I'm over jet lag, which took a few days.
1: Yeah. Do we want to talk about your diabetes on the trip? I'm assuming so. that since this is a diabetes-centered podcast,
0: we should mention and diabetes. Since we had at some this point.
1: huge event with you going overseas, I'm pretty sure we should find where they meet. So I
0: feel like traveling's a big deal for people with type one. Yeah. In the sense that we, I don't know, we get very nervous around it, right? As people who haven't traveled a lot to put a lot of emphasis on this. And I know that from, from hearing people talking about traveling just on Instagram and the whatnot. But yeah. also, when my aunt was diagnosed. Aunt Laura. Aunt Laura, who you heard on our last episode, and maybe if you've been listening to Thicker Than Water, um, she had like a month after she was diagnosed, she'd already had a trip planned to Arizona for like a week. From? Wisconsin. And so that was nervous for her, traveling with all this stuff. And I think people in general get like, oh, my God. But even if it's just like, oh, I'm in California and I'm going to Vegas for the weekend, what do I do? And so I think yeah, for some like people. Yeah, thing. Yeah, I guess. I you don't, don't
1: hear a lot of like, I'm going on a road trip. What to, do I bring?
0: I'm going out to dinner. What do I bring? It's, you don't hear like, yeah. I'm
1: driving far away. It's mostly like. How do you pack for?
0: And I, I think it's less the, I think it's because you're so out of your element, right? It's you're flying away from home, so you don't have that safety, yeah, of being at home and having a fridge full of supplies and backups and this and that. And it's,
1: or being able bring, to like run or, to your own pharmacy and get a refill if you exactly right now.
0: Um, and flying in general. There's the fears of, oh, how much stuff can I bring, you know, is security gonna be I don't know, mean about my DEXCOM? How am I gonna keep my insulin cold during the flight? How much stuff do I even bring?
1: Is my pump okay going through the scanner?
0: Yeah. So for me, going literally to the other side of the world for two weeks, I think would scare a lot of people.
1: And let's just clarify that you have been out of the country Before While type one Yeah Before So I this have, wasn't like I haven't first trip. I think this was
0: the longest trip I've okay. done out of the country
1: Okay Yeah let's talk about this Why have we How the fuck Sorry have we never done freak, an, an, how freak How the freak Have we never done an episode About traveling
0: I think we are just waiting For one of us to travel
1: I travel all the time
0: Yeah but this is like Real travel What are you, you travel about? to other diabetics I
1: ju- I, I
0: and then they have all those I do like an
1: international trip once a year, but this has never come up. But then you go overseas and then it's a podcast yeah, well, topic. Yeah, that's a real deal. We know My who the hell, we know whose show this is. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, that's a good point. You have traveled yeah. overseas for long periods of time.
1: It, I traveled for nine months yeah. overseas.
0: That's a long time
1: little longer than 2 weeks but let's let you take this.
0: Yeah. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna, you stay in your lane, You carry Laura.
1: this. You carry this. I'll just chime in when S- I feel needed. Stay
0: in your lane. <laughs> I'm going to drive this this car right here.
1: Disclaimer Craig and I just finished watching The Bachelorette and if you if you guys watch it, you know what we're saying when we say stay in your lane.
0: Yeah. So where do we start? I guess I guess we'll just go through the things that freak people out. Okay. So initially it's How much stuff do I bring? And the general rule is think about how much supplies you would normally use in that week and double it. Sometimes triple it, Mm -hmm. depending on how nervous you are. Um, One of the things I was concerned about uh, going to Taiwan and having been there before is the cuisine's much more carb-heavy than I usually eat in the U.S. U.S., I'm usually...
1: Well, although you eat a shit ton of carbs. I do eat a lot of carbs, but I'm also eating
0: a lot of like protein and fat. Yeah. And there it's like, oh, what's for breakfast? It's.
1: Noodles.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Lunch, rice, dinner, noodles. It's just like carbs, 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 very little. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go through more insulin than I normally do. Um, And your
1: other issue is that you're solely on a Freza right now.
0: Yeah. And this was actually the first time I'd done a long trip on a fresa.
1: You, did you bring any other insulin with you?
0: Well, just my long acting, but I didn't bring any pens little or... little
1: daredevil. I for sure would have brought some backup pens. I
0: considered...
1: That's actually, I'm very surprised by considered
0: that. Considered asking you for like a Humalog pen or something. I would
1: have said no. I know. I know. That's why I didn't even <laughs> ask. No, you know I would but have then, given But then think. I
0: would be like, okay, I'm going to bring an extra pen. And now should I bring extra needles? And I'm like, oh, do yeah. I bring like 50 needles? And I was like, "Well, that's a lot of that's
1: things. not a logical what, Craig." Let's
0: move on. So, <laughs> so I figured out how much of Frezza I normally use in two weeks. Okay. Doubled it. That was easy peasy. Didn't take up that much room. Uh, if you guys don't know, easy.
1: a Frezza is the inhalable insulin. Yeah.
0: And the way okay. it works is that the insulin comes in these little like pods. Yeah. Yeah, little like capsules. I would call it. Because pod sounds so much like omnipod.
1: Oh, I was thinking like a jewel pod.
0: Okay, there we go.
1: Cartridge.
0: That's a vaporizer. Is that what it's called? A vaporizer. Vape. A vape anyway. pen. These little pods, and then each one's a dosage of insulin, and you just and there just you go, just like that. Just like that. And
1: it it's super fast. But anyway, this is an it it needs to stay cold, right? The same way. Or what was the thing that you were freaking out about? Because
0: Well, I was freaking about how long it had to stay cold for because on the instructions it says, oh, it has to stay cold once it's not cold. It only lasts like a week.
1: Wait, actually, I didn't know this. I know that you've said this, but someone gave me a bunch of a a Frezza and it's never been in the fridge since she's given it to me.
0: Well, I looked up some... Stats. Not not stats, more like... uh, Experience. stories from people of like oh what has happened with my Afreza I didn't even Afreza?
1: think about that I hope
0: and so. people were like oh yeah I kept my Afreza in a hot car for a month
1: okay I'm Australia, fine in Australia
0: and it still worked fine okay I'm fine so like okay I mean if it's been like six months I don't know
1: no it's been a couple of months okay it's not in a hot car it's in my apartment
0: yeah in Los Angeles I like guess it's not even summer yet
1: with my air conditioning maybe
0: put it in the fridge
1: now Okay, let's stay. It's okay. probably too late. I'm going to die. It's
0: ruined. <laughs> so, so there was that. I had brought two pens of my Tujeo,
1: His long acting. My
0: long acting, some needles. It was nice um, how much less supplies I had to bring than when I was on the Omnipod. Yeah. Because with the Omnipod, they take up a lot of space. Like, the vial of insulin doesn't take up that much. Like, that's much smaller. But the actual pods themselves take up a lot more space. And then if you're going to bring double, and I would sometimes bring triple, because those things tend to fail when you need them to not fail. And the last thing you want is to be stuck in a country with no pods. But I guess I would just bring syringes and a vial of, like, Lantus. Yeah. No, just for my long acting, just in case. So it was nice having much less supplies. Like, it's shocking how little space, two weeks of insulin, technically like four weeks with the mm-hmm. amount I brought, takes up. With a Frezza. With a Frezza. And just long acting, just not being on a pump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing was that, uh, so I wasn't that worried about it staying cold. I put it in a cooler pack for the flight, but I also knew it was a 12-hour flight, plus getting to the airport, getting through customs, getting to the hotel. I knew it wasn't going to stay, you know, yeah. Cold the whole time But I'll report Everything was fine And something seems to be Working fine Still is working fine Now that I've come back Um, So yeah That's the big fear Like how much do I bring Yeah Double
1: And, and especially fine. going to Somewhere where you went Like I've had experiences Where You know I went to school in Germany And then we just Traveled to London For Christmas break And I Forgot my land I was 17 oh 18 and I left my Lantus um, in award. Germany. Stop, because you know I'm, this is why I'm not checking. <laughs> this is why I'm not checking my dr- messages right now. Um, so I left my Lantus in Germany. Flew to London. Had everything else and forgot my. And I was like, "Fuck, what am I gonna do?" And I just talked to someone. and They're like, "Just go to a hospital." I was like, "What do you mean, just go to a hospital?" And I walked into an emergency room, and obviously it was London. They spoke English, and I got a vial of Lantus for eight. Quid, whatever they have there, you know. <laughs> pounds. <laughs> pounds, eight pounds. It was like equivalent to eight dollars. Yeah, think. but it's not. You know, so that's why when people come to me with all these very scary questions, I'm like, just go get. It. Like you. Can,
0: well, that's the other thing. Like you're rarely going to be in the world has diabetics. Right.
1: You're never. You're not going to be somewhere where
0: you can't get. some are going to die. Maybe I. Maybe I couldn't get a Frezza in Taiwan, but I could. Right, probably you could get a short Even if it was just R or N, but I would, any insulin's better than no insulin. I'm just going to say that.
1: You could go to the Walmart. Yeah. I don't doubt there's a Walmart in Taiwan.
0: Yeah. I could get insulin and I'd be fine. So so I guess that's one of the fears. It's like that fear of the unknown Mm -hmm. of like, but.
1: And that's totally valid. We're not like, people do have these fears for a reason. Yeah. Because on top, I mean, okay, let's just go back and forth here. Because on top of that, I just went to Israel, Mm -hmm. not just, what, last year, two years ago. Um, And that was a month. And I brought so much extra insulin because I was so scared of running out. But then I kept it on the bus, in the bus refrigerator, 'Cause we were traveling around to so many different places and staying in hotels without refrigerators and like staying in Bedouin tents and just places where yeah. there was no way to refrigerate them. But I was like, Oh, perfect, I'll keep them on the bus. And then I found out that when the bus pleasure. is off, the fridge is off. That and I found sense. out that I know and I just like wasn't thinking and I so pretty much every night my insulin wasn't being refrigerated. Yeah. And then when the bus was running it was. And it was fine. I was fine. Yeah. I still was able to use it.
0: A good rule of thumb I've heard,
1: but then I thought I brought too much, and then yeah. I was like, "Well, now I ruined." Now I should have brought way less because now I just ruined yeah. all this stuff that I could have had at home that would still work.
0: Yeah, I've heard that if your insulin, if, if your insulin is like normally clear and it's still clear, it's fine. If it, if you oh. look at your Humalog or whatever and it's cloudy, it's probably not a good sign.
1: Oh, that's really good to know. I haven't heard that.
0: But also, you give yourself a shot, and if it doesn't work, then you know it's not working. The hard way. The hard way.
1: Yeah, and then you're kind of fucked. Yeah, and then you have to try another pen,
0: or you just go to a hospital. Yeah, and you get insulin.
1: Most hospitals will give you. Yeah, insulin. I think
0: pretty much any hospital in the world. They might charge you something, but it's It,
1: it won't be much, especially if you're not in America.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay. So what what are other fears? Not knowing what you're eating. Yeah. That was a thing. I yeah, mean,
1: especially you taking a Frezza because we didn't mention we've mentioned on here before. But a Frezza you can only take, you can't you what? So you can take like two, four units at a time or eight units at a time.
0: Yeah, which is the equivalent. And there's a lot of weird stuff. I
1: know about this, of two, two and or, a half,
0: or five units at a time because
1: you're not actually inhaling. So you all basically
0: things. take it in two and a half unit increments.
1: Yeah, but you can't take one unit of a Frezza. Correct. So, but it
0: works a little differently in the sense that. Like, obviously, if I take two and a half units and I have four gummy bears, I'm going to go low. But, like, if I'm... You don't have to be as precise with a Fresa. I don't know exactly why, but you just don't have to be. It just doesn't require it in the same way. So I can look at a plate of potatoes and I don't have to weigh it out in the same way I would with, like, liquid insulin, with Humalog. i just be like, oh, that looks like a four, and I just take it. And then... What's nice about it is that because it's so fast, if in an hour I start going high, I can just take some more, and it just fixes the problem.
1: Yeah. So, how did you do? How quickly were you able to kind of get the carbs down? I mean, I did you eat a lot of the same foods every day?
0: Um, In general, I had a lot of buns, like the Mm -hmm. uh, bakeries there. Oh man. So good. I would go in the morning and I could get three of the most like delicious buns you've ever had in your whole life. They had like red bean filled, taro filled. What was the other one I would getting? It was like this like custard. This, like
1: know, custard
0: kind of thing. Um, it was like three bucks for like three of these things. And like the best things I've ever had in my whole life. And I would just carry them with me all day and I would just snack on them. Uh, so I'd have one for breakfast. I'd have one in the mid morning, one in the afternoon. Lunches, you know, it kind of depended on what it was going to be. There was usually, like, rice or noodles. Dinner was kind of whatever I found. Could be more buns. Could be
1: But were you able to noodles. kind of safely guess each meal?
0: Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I think I felt like I was running higher than usual. But when I looked back at my, like, like my Dexcom that- clarity... I was still in range 80% of the time, which yeah. is about what I am normally. And I was pretty happy with that. Uh, I didn't... I brought so many fruit snacks because I was so worried I'm going to be walking around the heat. I'm going to be going low yeah. all the time. I didn't want to have to go out to, like, buy fruit snacks. Uh, so I brought, like, 25 bags of fruit snacks.
1: But you rarely needed them.
0: I was, like, two a day, right? Like, just to be safe. And I think I went low, like, twice the whole trip.
1: See... We
0: seem like such okay, a waste afterwards. So, I was like, I brought all these fruit snacks. Like half my bag was fruit way, snacks. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you'd rather be safe than sorry. Yeah. But when I went to Italy last year, um, just any, mostly anywhere in Europe, when I was in Italy and Slovenia, their food is very carb heavy. It's all pizza and pasta and mm-hmm. bread. And I, you are walking all the time in Europe, which is a huge difference in what I do here in LA. But, this took me doing asking people on Instagram because I would eat a whole thing of pasta and like a slice of pizza and like the first nights I would get the same amount of insulin I would get for the for a whole thing of pasta and a piece of pizza here. Yeah. And I was low like 90%. Like the first three days, anything I ate, I would drop to like 40 after I'd eat this huge meal and get insulin. And then I found out that their their food is so much more pure and has so much less.
0: Just um, processed.
1: Proce- like yes, that you're still eating carbs, but they don't do they. I was I had I ended up getting like a fourth of the insulin I would get here for mm. every single meal in Italy, and I posted that on Instagram. I'm like, I can't not be low. I eat like a whole pizza. I eat these like huge Italian meals, and I was low after each meal. So I started just I would just started cutting down and cutting down and cutting down. And finally, I was getting a fourth of what I would get. I'd eat like two slices of pizza and get one unit rather than like four.
0: At the time, do you think you were, being, you were more active when you were in Italy than you were in the I US?
1: was walking more, but it was still like, we'd have a lazy day. Because that does
0: make a big difference. I know,
1: but we'd have a lazy day.
0: Especially if you exercise, if you're walking after you bolus. Yeah. Then you drop a lot.
1: Yeah, there's that. But there was just simply, I would sit down and eat this. Then we'd go back and hang out and I would go low. Yeah. yeah. So I guess what I'm saying about this point is that when you do go to a new place, their food is going to be made out of different things. And if you think you have it down here, that doesn't mean that you're going to have it down there. Yeah. And it is simply trial and error. And it's like remembering what you did that first time and trying something different the next meal. And then by the end of the trip, I had it down. I was fine. Yeah. Uh, But it took some time. I was there for a couple weeks.
0: There were two times that I screwed up. One was... So all, it was also big in Taiwan. It's milk tea, bubble milk, oh boba. God. Yeah. The best thing in the whole world, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. The, and the I, I, I know milk, how terrible. It? It's
0: just like it's just like the sweetened milk and then the boba is just like. Condensed milk, yeah. which is like quadruply sweetened. The little bobas are like these little like.
1: Tapioca balls.
0: Tapioca balls. So just more, just sugar balls and um, sugar. Sugar water. <laughs> and it's just like, I had no idea how many carbs it was, but I drank one and then there was someone else. Uh, at the table who's was like, oh, I don't want mine. Does anyone want it? I was like, well, I don't want it to go to waste. So I took it and I thought I took enough insulin and I didn't. And I went crazy high. And then like the next day I was like, we went to this all you can eat hot pot. That was not only all you can eat hot pot, but also all you can drink alcohol. And also all you can eat Haagen-Dazs ice cream bar. With like twelve flavors, so obviously I'm taking advantage of everything, you know. You I like love ice, cream. ice cream. So it's like, okay, you put Craig in a situation where it's literally all you can eat ice cream. Like that's Every
1: time I get dinner here, bad. and then it's just silent after we eat. Craig goes, "Do you want to go get ice cream?"
0: And you always say no,
1: and I always say no.
0: <laughs> so I took more insulin than I needed to, and I went low. I like dropped, and I had like three. Things of fruit snacks and I was fine, and then I'm going high later uh, at night, which was fine because once all the hot pot, all that because it was just all meat and stuff. Even though I was eating carbs, I think and it just right. took a long time yeah. to digest because the rest of the time I was having so little meat and so many carbs that I was spiking much faster than I do here when I eat like a very balanced.
1: Well, it's also fat, nice that you're on the deck. Do you remember if I was on the Dexcom in Italy? I know I was on it in Israel, mm. but I have no idea I if I was remember. in Italy. I don't think you were. I was
0: it definitely helps which ma
1: which i'm wonder- which I'm realizing now why it was so stressful because in Israel when I was on it, I was able to at least see what was happening and then like avoid it the next time yeah um I have a crazy story really quick okay so I went to this photojournalism school in Germany, and we. I went to the doctor before I left. It was a nine to like 12 month program, depending on how long you were staying. And I was planning on staying at least nine in the months. And we went and I was told that I could only be granted a vacation supply, which was three months at a time. And they couldn't give me any more than that. And
0: because of insurance.
1: Yeah. Like they weren't allowed to give me more than three months at once. But they knew I was leaving for nine months. Yeah, I know my mom's going to call me after this and tell me every part of the story that I'm getting wrong. But from what I remember, um, I was told I could only get three months. And so I said, okay, give me the three months and I'm going to go. And my mom's like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to figure it out. And I left for a nine-month trip with three months of supplies on me. And... The three months start, the first three months starts coming to an end, and I'm like, Mom, can you just get like refill my prescription and send me more? And so she tries, and then we find out that I don't know if it was about the specific city I was in in Germany, but you weren't allowed to mail uh, medical supplies supplies. over the border for where I was. Mm -hmm. So then there were many thoughts. Of my parents telling me, like, you need to come home. Like, this is not something that you're capable no. of doing. And my school had never had a type 1 diabetic before, and they were so scared of what a liability I was gonna be. And I'm like, I'm not going home. This was like this whole program that I wanted to do so badly. So, my mother, who was very resourceful, uh, my whole school was international. So, she found a fellow student of mine who was from Colorado, who was having her little sister come visit her. So my mom sent three more months to this random girl in Colorado who had no idea what she was putting in her suitcase, oh and she God. flew over three more months of insulin and syringes. And I wasn't on a Dexcom; I was on syringes, yeah, and vials. Um, so that girl came over, so <laughs> and I got to has have stuff. And, she, has to
0: bring <laughs> and she was
1: young too; to I remember
0: from California yeah. to Colorado that she has to take. The and journey. then
1: those three months start coming to an end, and I was like, "Mom, I'm running out of supplies." And I even tried, oh, so then my mom found one other sibling who was coming over from America and my mom sent them the supplies and they Jeez. flew it over. And then it was my last like sup- uh, stash that I needed pretty much. And, um, oh my God, I was so, and this was 10 years ago and I couldn't, my mom couldn't find anyone else and I couldn't find anyone else who was having siblings come over from the United States. She's like, try to go see a German endocrinologist. So I went to a German doctor with a German translator, and I tried to explain what was going on. And they're like, "Your insurance doesn't work over here. Like, there's nothing we can do." And I got to this point where I was like, "I'm actually going to have to leave. Like, I'm not going to be able to finish this program. I don't know what I what I'm going to do." It wasn't easy, like in London, just to walk into a hospital. so I was like, Mom, and this story really has no logic to it. So I-, I wish I could say that this would happen to people, but I was like, Mom, just send, just write my address of my school in Germany on the next like three months, and just send me the rest of my supplies, and just see what happens. She sends them. I get a call from like the border patrol, and they're like, We got a bot. We have a box with your name on it. We opened up. We know what's inside we can't give these to you. And I'm like, they're in the country. Like just give, just send them my supplies. I, like you said, this whole sob story, there's this huge language barrier. I didn't speak German. They didn't speak English. Yeah. I tried to explain that like, I was literally going to die if I didn't receive these supplies. And they said they had to send them back home. And I'm like, they're already here. Just like crying, like hysterical, trying to explain the situation. Um, And I didn't really get any answers. And I was like, I'm going to have to leave. And I was just like accepting my fate. And then, Craig, I'm not even kidding, like a couple weeks later, I had a package and it was the supplies. (laughs) And I don't know if I had somehow gotten through to someone at customs. I don't know if they fucked up and accidentally sent it to the original address, but I somehow got the last three months of my supplies and I was able to stay on this trip. And it was the first time I had been away from home that long. I left when I was 17 to live in Europe. for. um, So that's not a typical situation. But there are situations where you... You can't just walk in somewhere and get yeah what you need. Surprise. And it is like for that. You not just debt. buy
0: an ins- insulin without insurance. Like go to an endocrinologist. Oh, and I say wonder like, how
1: much it was. And it was so long ago that I don't remember everything that happened. It was like such a blur and it was so scary. And you were and
0: probably also just too young to know what to ask. Yeah.
1: And now, yeah, I had none of the information now that I have able able to, to go this go day. And
0: say how much to yeah. just buy. Right, go to a yeah, pharmacy. Yeah, I probably
1: didn't even think about that. I thought that was like my only option.
0: It's to go through insurance.
1: Yeah, it was mm. crazy. And then and then we went to Egypt from there. Um, and they didn't want me to die. And they were like, we don't have a cooler well, for nice. you. They're like, we don't have a cooler for you. And this was the first week I got there. A week later, we found out we were going to Egypt. They're like, we don't have a cooler for you. Um, we've never had a diabetic on the trip. If we can't find somewhere for you to put this insulin you're not coming and I was like they just got here like I have to go and I obviously get where their fears were coming from but we stopped at this like Walmart place that was like (laughs) right before we got to the airport to go to Egypt and they had this like cooler one cooler left that looked like a soccer ball and that We bought it and I had to carry it around with me everywhere in Egypt because it was so hot and we were sleeping in a different sand desert every night. But then we'd go to the, we stay. this is my story. My story is so scattered. We'd stay in these like Bedouin villages every night and like live with these people and take their photos. And we were told that it was absolutely not okay to say no if somebody offered you something to eat. And they were just giving us like baked goods and dates straight from their tree. And I would just eat them because I didn't want to be rude. And this, again, I was like a kid and my butcher was like 400 every day the whole time we were in Egypt. And then I finally got it down to like the system where like someone would hand me a cookie and then they'd turn around and I'd like throw it to another student across the room so they would eat it for me. Um. Anyway, that's my 10 year ago travel story. Things are a lot different now. <laughs> I'm a lot life. different now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I survived, I guess is my point.
0: The food's scary, but I mean it's no different than going to a, what a, a chili's. Restaurant you've never yeah, and you've, oh, I've never ordered this before. Like yeah. if you can't find the the menu for something or the nutrition facts, like do you just not eat it?
1: Right. Just be prepared if you're going to get too much insulin have sugar on you in case you do that. And if you don't get enough, then take more insulin after.
0: Yeah. I feel like that we've said something like this before. Where it's just like this is a disease that you know, there is no, I don't know, rule book. Like, it's not like you do this and this is always going to happen. Like, you insert oh, right. A and you get B every time. Oh,
1: it's insanity. That's what we say. We say. You-
0: so, so it's a disease. And the way you're successful is how well you adapt.
1: Yeah, It's exactly. how do you
0: look at this situation? Even if you're doing the same thing every day, it's, you're going to get different results. And Here
1: at home in your hometown, yeah,
0: working out, running three miles at yeah. seven a.m. every morning, eating the exact same breakfast every single day, you're going to end up different. And I mean, even you with your workouts every morning, like every time you do it, it's
1: every single different. time, yeah.
0: And so it's not measured so much about how you get it right, but how m- much you fix it afterwards. That's your
1: reaction.
0: And maybe you don't have to fix it much. Maybe you have to fix it a little. Maybe you have to fix it a lot. But that's really where the control comes from. Because we're all just guessing in the end, right?
1: We're all just guessing in And the so end.
0: whether I'm looking at a plate of pasta yeah. or a plate of rice in Taiwan, like, I'm still guessing. I still don't know. I just, you make your best guess. And really the only way to get better at it is to, like, Not even trial and error. Like maybe there's a little bit of that, like knowing, oh, this is, you know, last time I ate this much rice, this happened. But also just knowing, having the confidence to know that you can fix it later. I think.
1: I think that's good. Yeah. Confidence. What's also
0: weird is the, uh, what was weird for me is the time difference.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because. Especially because you're on long acting.
0: On the long well, even even when I would travel before and be on a pump, you know, you would change you could change the time on your pump and that would change, you know, your yeah. basal program. But your body doesn't know. It's not like you land in Taiwan and your body is like, oh yeah, now it's you left and it was 3 a.m. and now it's 1 a.m. It doesn't work like that. Your body still takes time to adjust. That's what, right,
1: basically what so, jet lag is. So
0: yeah. my So it wasn't so bad while I was in Taiwan. It's been really bad since I've come back. This is like the first day it's been okay. and I Just your blood
1: sugars in general.
0: Yeah. But the issue is, so I came back last Friday.
1: Yeah.
0: And typically your dawn phenomenon happens. When you wake up. When you wake up. For me, my dawn phenomenon was happening at 4 p.m.
1: Here. Here. When you're back.
0: When I got back. So I would wake up in the morning and my blood sugar would be perfectly flat all morning i was like oh this is perfect like this is great i'm cured and then 4 p.m would come and i would just shoot, shoot, up. shoot up like even worse because i'd been like eating and doing other things and yeah. every day irregardless of what i did yeah, i would end up at like 250 begin. like i would just see it creep up and i would keep yeah. taking insulin and it would just kind of slow the, it would like plateau and then just go back up again and today was the first day that that didn't happen. It's been like five yeah. days.
1: And another thing, so like when you are on a long acting shot, mm-hmm. I I would always like rack my brain when I was just in, I keep saying, I, keep, I feel very pretentious when I keep talking about where I was. But when I was just in Paris this year, <laughs> it was exactly 12 hours ahead. Yeah. I think. I don't know. Now I need to know. I'm going to look. But it was something where I couldn't, like I had to set a time. Like what you do is when you get on the plane, you get your, yes. You Can get I give your, you a life hack? Yeah.
0: The best life hack. Wait,
1: I'm telling you what, this, I was, this is probably what I did.
0: Okay.
1: What I took it and I set my timer for 12 hours. I see. And then I took it in 12 hours, but then I would gradually close the window or open back the window to get it out of more. Like, you know what I mean? So I wasn't waking up at 4am. Then the next day I'd wake up at 6am yeah. And then I'd, it'd be 8 a.m. and then I'd be fine. And so it was it wasn't ever perfect. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I had to continue to change it until it was at a comfortable time. I wasn't going to wake up in the middle of the night every day.
0: So I take my 2JO once a day. And in the U.S. I do that at 5 a.m. when I wake up every day. Mm-hmm. And I set a reminder on my phone for 5 a.m. every day. So it pops up on my phone and says 2JO shot. And then it stays in my phone until I click it and it goes away, right? You've done reminders before. Mm-hmm. And I was curious when I got to Taiwan With if time. it would adjust it based on the time I'm at. But it didn't, which was good. It kept it oh, at
1: 5 a.m. five AM
0: Pacific time. So I got my reminder on the plane at whatever time it was because yeah. it was still my phone was still on Pacific time. But then in Taiwan, eight PM every night, I would get the reminder. And then when I got back, it switched to five a.m. So, so I never just all,
1: oh, because I it had was to completely always the
0: exact same. Well, but then hours. again,
1: I get my never twelve hours Yeah. because I do the, the. But if you the, did two, yeah. You could do so it I would time, have to it change, it, change it, and then you. I have to, I had to keep shortening. The, but it was
0: nice that I never had to like actually yeah, that change is a the time. Hack. It was a good travel life hack. So just set a reminder on your phone for when you normally do it, and it will just keep that time.
1: That's really good. I don't even have a timer for my. I know. Name. I
0: was actually the first day that happened. I was like, "Oh, I need to mention this on the podcast because it was so." Well, I'm glad you remember. Useful. Um, yeah, I think, you know, thinking about food, because you know everything, type ones do revolves around food yeah. pretty much. Like I could see how someone, some people would listen to this and say, like, "Well, you should have just not eaten those things." Why
1: like, would they do that? Don't eat the that?
0: buns. Don't eat the milk tea. You know, there's people who would say that.
1: I don't want those people. To
0: just podcast. turn it off. Turn off the podcast right now. Unsubscribe.
1: Wait, what would they want you to do? You eat know, to just eat cheese. Low carb.
0: And- yeah, eat cheese. But, but I that's think. It's not good
1: for you either, guys.
0: For me, uh, one of the fun things about traveling
1: is trying new food yeah
0: like that's how you experience a culture right is like what they eat what they do like there's a reason the food in California is different than the food in Texas and different than the food in Paris or Taiwan or Italy and you can't really immerse yourself in a culture if you're not eating what they eat if you're just going to McDonald's and getting a
1: if you're ordering a double cheeseburger with no bun I'm going to point out something that I feel like I have to point out when we do episodes like this, that Craig and I have both had diabetes for the majority of our lives. So has it been a majority for me? Yeah, it has. As long as I have been traveling and for the most part, as long as Craig has been traveling, we've had diabetes. And so like when I think about going on a trip, my thought isn't, what am I going to bring? It's like, this is all I've known. I pack. It's really not a stressful thing for me for supplies. Like, I you don't I, get
0: stressed out at all. Not of how much. Not brand, really, because I
1: pack. All, I, I do the same thing. I double and triple. Yeah, but that's what I do. I leave for two weeks, and I'll triple what I'm going to use, you or I'll bring three pens of each and three pens of the other one, and I bring an ent- two boxes of needles, and then whenever I take home, I put back in my fridge. Yeah. So it's not, and then I know that any time I go low, if I don't have enough fruit snacks that I bag, there are Seven Elevens and stores and convenience stores.
0: anywhere that
1: I've been (laughs) where I can go in and get a juice. So I've never had a near death experience while traveling. And I, and I, like I said, I travel all the time. I travel internationally at least once a year. And it's just, it's, I've never had besides my Germany story, but that's when I was gone for nine months. I've never had like a vacation where something terrible has happened. And people have it. Like, I know that people go to Mexico and their pumps break and they have like one, I guess another, Oh, I guess another really important tip that, you would think I don't need to say it out loud, but I, I myself made this mistake. Is where I um, checked on my diabetes supplies because it was a really short flight to uh, Mexico. Oh, you
0: checked it like in the bag? You checked. I checked
1: it. it. I put my diabetes supplies oh, in my, my suitcase, God. and I went to Cabo, and I was like, "It's a really short flight," and I had my one pen on me. Like I had, like I carry my purse, and girls mm-hmm. know, like I had my my pens on me for that. So I still wasn't in a position where I was gonna, but I packed. I checked my bag. Because why not? I know, I know Craig is shaking his head not me. I know, and this was still a few years ago and now I wouldn't, but I did and people do. This is how I got, remember Ali, that incident in Colorado? Anyway, where I was waiting for my bag and I wasn't seeing it and I was like, oh my God, all of my diabetes supplies are in this bag. And this seems so simple, but I, who travel, you know what I mean? Like I didn't even think about it because it was a short flight and it ended up coming out, it it was fine. I, I got my bag. But just that, she, that that sheer panic of thinking that it wasn't going to come out of that baggage claim so, so tip put a
0: disclaimer right yeah. now never check never
1: check unless you have enough no, no I'm going to say this no. if you have enough in your carry on for your whole trip then you can check extra no I think so.
0: I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna support that. I'm gonna say all of your okay, diabetes supplies that. go on the plane with no, you. No, but
1: now I pack and you. And so another tip: you you are allowed to bring your carry on your bag, like a carry on a purse or a bag, and you're allowed a medical bag, and you don't have to tell them what's in it. You are, you are legally able to bring a medical bag on that, like along with your carry ons, and you can have all of your diabetes supplies in there.
0: Yeah, so um, special just just medical for your supplies,
1: bag. and say. That you go on the plane and you have your carry-on and the flight is full and they're saying you're not allowed to have carry-ons. Technically, I think this is right. Correct me if I'm wrong. If, they, if you say I have a medical bag, you need to have your stuff in a specific like medical bag in that carry-on for you to take out and put on the plane. Because isn't it true they don't have to keep your carry-on, even if you say there's medical supplies in it, because you need to have a specific medical bag? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I've heard this. You can't just be like, I have to take on my whole backpacking backpack because I have insulin in there. Like if you want to be able to pull that they'll card say, with them, you need to take it. out, you need to have a specific bag that you can pull out of that carry-on and make sure that you have that bag on the plane because they're not, it's, they don't have to let you bring your entire carry-on yeah. on the plane, right? They have
0: to let you take your medical supplies. Yes. They don't have to let you take your, your whole carry-on clothes and your underwear that's yeah. next to so your So they'll be supplies. like, you can
1: take out your supplies and... You have to check the rest. If but the if plane you're is full, yeah,
0: but if you're on something like Spirit, I believe who don't let you take on a carry-on yeah. unless you pay extra.
1: Oh, they'll let you bring a medical. You
0: bag. could have your backpack, your personal item, mm-hmm. and a medical bag.
1: Yes, and then piggybacking on that, and I know Craig doesn't do this. I did it. Oh my god!
0: But you say what it is first.
1: I pre-board every flight that I go on. A few hassles most of the time hassle-free and I get on the plane first and I get to put my carry-on with my diabetes supplies right above my head because there have been too many flights I've gone on that have been packed and that by the time I get there they want me to check my bag and I have this disease and I'm going to take advantage of everything that I can by having it and um I love getting on the plane first and not having to stand there and wait in line and walk through the plane like a I think you've mentioned this before
0: on the... I definitely list. have. And a lot
1: of people feel very uncomfortable.
0: I don't see the, the way I... So I did it on Which my you flight. never had. Yeah. I did it on my flight to, to Taiwan. And you used to give me shit. Yeah.
1: Okay, Craig. What changed your mind? <laughs>
0: well, so when I was boarding, I, you know, international flights are very... Big, Yes. Typically, there's a lot of, like, overhead space because you get two free bags on international flights. So people tend to mm-hmm. tend to check bags more than they do on domestic flights where they have to pay for that. Um, but I just thought, like, I just want to be sure. I want to make sure it's near me, right? Because I'm going to be getting up all the time and, like, getting stuff out of my bag because uh, it's a long flight, right? And so I just went up to the flight attendant, or not I the flight the attendant, I can't believe this is the
1: first time you're telling me this. You give me so much shit for And I said,
0: um, oh, if I have a disability, do you have pre-board for disability? And they didn't quite understand it. And they're like, oh, we do for like, they're doing like wheelchairs right now. was like, oh, I don't need a wheelchair, but I have a disability. And she had to like talk to someone else. And she yeah. was like, okay, when we start boarding, we'll just let you go on first. And so when everyone lined up to board, they got me and they scanned Mm -hmm. my ticket. And then I was the first first person person on the the plane plane. that didn't need a wheelchair. Yes. And I could put my bag right above my head. Mm -hmm. And my supplies were right there. Yes. But I see, I don't see it as like, I don't frame it as like a perk. Like, oh, a nice thing about this disease that you can get on the plane. early. It's more for me like. I need to make sure my bag no, gets and on And that's the plane.
1: why I started, because yeah. I they were forcing me to check my bag, my carry-on yeah. that had my diabetes supplies. And I know we just talked about how it needs to be in a medical – like, obviously, I would have taken my insulin out of it. But there, it, I, it's both for me. It's a perk and that. So let me just go through a few different situations yeah. of me asking to pre-board, because different things have happened each time. Okay. And I have heard horror stories of, like, flight attendants yelling, like, like absolutely refusing, saying that it's not okay. That has, one person has said I wasn't allowed to because they were sure that there was gonna be overhead space. And I just said, okay, whatever. I was actually with James and David Mina. (laughs) Um, So it was like, whatever. But 90% of the flights that I go on, I walk up to the front. It doesn't matter what airline I'm on. And I just like to, I just like to, like, have them know who I am and have them know that, like, I asked before, but you technically don't even need to do this, I in am my Laura opinion. So, I, no,
0: from you're just I my type. Up, You've stop, probably heard of up me.
1: Up. I walk up and I go, Hi, I'm just wondering if you guys pre board. And I swear to you guys, 90%. you say per- from
0: medical? No. Or you just say I you say,
1: I'm wondering, oh, maybe I do. I was wondering if you do a medical pre board. You're right. Yeah. And 90% of the time, the people look at me and they go, Yep, it's a general call. When we say who needs to pre board, come on up. That's what they say. They don't ask me what's wrong. They don't ask why I need to. I've had a few people okay, second situation. I've come up, say, Do you guys medical preboard? And they go, Yes, that's fine. And then by the time that they call it and I go up, there's a different person doing the ticketing. And they look at me and they question me and they're like, Oh, this is pre-board. And then I say, I already like, I already asked them and then they ask the person that was at the desk and the person goes, She's fine, and I get to go on. That's happened. I've had um I w- there was an airline where I asked if they medical preboard. She goes, "Yep." What's your name? I said my name out loud, and then when they preboarded, they said Laura Pavlokovich, They did. They said you can come wow. up to preboard, and they did that. I do know that Sarah is Johnson. Like Prices right. I do Laura know
0: that Come on. I do down. know.
1: I actually really liked that one because it was a lot less staring because people believed that something that because there was a reason. A people yeah. believed that there was a reason. I have gotten talked shit to. I want it because you no. get to go in front of first class and you get to go. And I remember that I walked in front of this guy that was so impatient. He was already in the front of the first class line. And he said something like, why the fuck does she get to go on first? And I thought for a second, like, should I say something? And I'm like, no, like, I'm never going to see this guy again. And because you do, you will get looked at. It's the same way. like, But I think
0: the point is that you're not getting questioned by the airline.
1: You're oh, getting no, questioned it's, by yeah, people will stare at you when passengers. you walk up. And then there was this one time where I was standing there waiting to pre-board with this guy that had a cane, this woman who was in a wheelchair and somebody else who like was very visibly something she was disabled and you could tell. And I ended up talking to this lady that was in the pre-board line and she's like, what are you doing out here? I was like, I'm speaking at this diabetes event. And she goes, oh, that's why you're pre-boarding. And it like clicked to her. So like people will talk, people will talk shit. People will look at you. Um, There was one other instance I was gonna bring up and I don't remember.
0: There was one time you were denied, I, wasn't it? Yeah,
1: that one time with James, I was told no yeah. one time. Um, but it is scary, and a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing it. And I guess the more you do it, I, that's the first thing. Like sometimes I go up and I just like I'm too late, like, and I just don't want to, or if I can't find the front desk, or if they're just like they don't look nice, like I still get nervous. Yeah. Um. But but and there are stories like I know. Oh, this is what I was gonna say. Sarah Johnson, um, at mentioned at the diabetic cactus. She flies southwest every flight she goes on, Mm -hmm. and her doctor was able to write her a note. And so, every boarding pass she has says that she has pre board, Mm -hmm. and so there's no question she goes up and it's on her ticket. But I think that's only southwest anyway. There are lots of things, send me a DM. I bet a lot of uh, I can do like what
0: airlines have that. It's just I've
1: and I do know that like Lauren Bongiorno. Message me when they denied her, and she was trying to like think of the laws that it, you know what I mean? Like they denied yeah. and they weren't allowed to. But like, I, I don't know if I have just gotten really lucky, but I've never had a traumatizing I don't think experience. There's a law
0: that, a, you know, I don't think there's a law that governs it. I think it's a nice thing they do because they want people who take more time
1: right. they say, to get on So early. most planes have a p- call before they call r- uh, group one and first class and business and anything, and they just say, if you. Need to pre board if you have a medical condition or need extra time to get on the plane, feel free to walk up. And if you walk up, they can't say, Not you. Like they just did the boarding call, and most people won't go up unless they have a reason. And that is when you you are free to walk up. Do
0: a fake limp in your leg as you go up. You can do that too. I know. I've been talking so
1: much, but there's just people are like, I could never. I was with someone from a diabetes event, and she's like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I was like, like prepping her throughout the whole time. I'm like, just go up. I'm like, just be nice. Like, they're just people. Just be nice. And she did it for the first time. She was like, yeah. scared. And I get it. I, I get it. it's it's a weird thing. And then it it does draw attention to you. Like you will. I do get uncomfortable when people are watching me just walk onto the plane before the people.
0: But I will say this: like, think about all the flights you've been on, not you specifically. The people listening. Think about the flights you've been on, and. Try and remember one person who pre-boarded. preboarded. Right, you can't remember anyone.
1: Yeah, it was just that one time that guy. That guy audibly said something to me. And but I, was I mean,
0: like, you don't remember the people preboarded, and I bet that guy who said something doesn't, doesn't remember, remember me. Yeah. So it's like if you're worried about people caring, no. like they don't care. They no. don't remember. They're not even looking. They're waiting for the call.
1: Zone They're, eight. Yeah, that you'd probably. <laughs>
0: Zone eight. So they're just standing at the back. There are they're some people that
1: are like, I don't want to sit on the plane and then wait an hour before boards. I love getting on the plane first and not having to walk in that line of people.
0: I just like knowing and my like, bag's like getting situated
1: and having my bag above my head. It's com- even when you're on a flight where it's not full and they start telling you to put your carry on the closest overhead bin you see, and then you have it ten rows in, in front of you. That's like reason enough if you want your bag above your head to reboard. You know what yeah. I mean? Even if there's going to be room on the plane.
0: It's not something you have to do, but if you want no, to just do it. No, of
1: course you yeah. don't have to do it. It's just a little sorry. It's it just works. a little hack that you can do. Yeah. If to make you feel more comfortable. Yeah. That's all.
0: So it was a nice experience for me.
1: Good. I'm glad that you did it. It worked
0: out fine. Yeah. Traveling it doesn't work. was weird have because they be didn't scared. have the same pre board type thing. So it was literally everyone was lined up.
1: And then and you then, just walked up.
0: And then they, they knew me.
1: Yeah, that's what I do. I just them. like to make face so they don't see it. Like yeah. when they do the general, I'm not just like me. Like, and then yeah. when they're
0: like, okay, we're boarding. The guy like standing at the thing, yeah. it was the, the whole line. He like looked up at me and I just yeah. came over and I just handed him yeah. my ticket. Yeah, that's why
1: out. I like to say something before just walking up to a general pre-boarder. Yeah. And I say, I, most of the time, I just say I have diabetes. And then I have my I didn't my even supp- say
0: it. I just I said. I say I have
1: diabetes. I have my supplies in my bag. But most people just say, yep. Do you do pre-board? Yep. And then I'm like, all right. Yeah. it's game time."
0: I don't know if the diabetes helps or hurts.
1: Well, type no, I think it I, I, think I think it completely depends on the situation. S- and I think I'm, I could just read the situation and then go off of that. Yeah. There are times I don't say anything. There are times I say I'm type of diabetic. I have all my supplies on me. And, I, and the one time I didn't pre-board, I think I went like severely low while I was in line. And I'm like standing there like not knowing if I should sit down or like go back to the thing because I needed to sit because I was yeah. so low. And I'm like, this is when I would like to be sitting in an airplane seat already. Yeah. I don't know. Do it if you want. Don't do it. I don't care. I love it.
0: <laughs> do it if you want.
1: Do it if you want. You don't have to. I think so.
0: Traveling's fun. Don't be scared.
1: Don't be scared. Just be prepared, <gasps> Craig. Yeah. It rhymes. What rhymes? Don't be scared. Just be prepared. Don't be scared. Just be prepared. It's like 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 Craig said. It's like going anywhere new. Just be prepared. Yeah. Like it's fun. It, you'll just do it. Please don't not travel because you have type 1 diabetes. Yeah. Just please don't do that. Don't miss out. No. Don't miss out on all the good things in life.
0: Yeah. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and it's produced by me and Laura.
1: Craig does all of our recording and editing.
0: Subscribe to Beta Cell wherever you listen to podcasts to get Out of Range download automatically on your phone every week.
1: Love what we do? Support us on Patreon and we'll send you some swag. Visit patreon.com forward slash Cell for more info.
0: And if you want to help out the show, leave us a review.
1: Yes, and some stars.
0: Yeah, all the stars.
1: I think they really, really help.
0: It definitely helps people find the show when they're searching for it.
1: Yeah, please leave a review, actually. We've never asked you to do that before. We'd really appreciate it.
0: Yeah. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out of Range. Out of range. Range.